0: Ahoy, Shock Fantasy fans! This is Matt Harrison, and before the show begins, I have three jobs for you. First, please take a look at your phone and hit the subscribe button on the Shock Fantasy podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Second, wherever you're listening, give me a rating and a review for the show. If you include your Twitter handle in the review, we might send you something fun in the mail. We do that periodically. And third, if you haven't yet subscribed to the season pass of Shock Fantasy you should. You get 365 days of the Shock Fantasy Super Dash, which gives you stats and info to set all of your weekly lineups, including DFS lineups. The Redraft and Dynasty trade value charts, so you never get taken to the cleaners in a trade. Our waiver wire content each week, the Super Bowl, Thanksgiving, and NFL Draft Prop Bet Games, so you can make friendly wagers with your family and friends at the most important football gatherings. And preseason cheat sheets for basically every kind of fantasy football imaginable. You'd be getting those for next year now. All of that curated, color-coded data comes to you for only $40 for a full year. That's 76.9 cents per week. But if you act now and use the promo code AIRBEAR... You get the whole year for only 25 bucks. That's promo code AirBear, A I R B E A R, for those of you who are brave spellers. Enter that at checkout and we'll knock off $15. Thanks for listening. On to the show. Now, first off, how would we describe shock? <laughs> Welcome to the fantasy. <laughs> nice. Nice. Man, you are one pathetic loser. Ridiculous. Completely ridiculous. I desiring to tell you the truth that the Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Shock Fantasy Podcast. It is Tuesday, November 9th. It's time for the Week 10 Waiver Wire Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Harrison, at Explosive Output on Twitter. And at Shock Fantasy on Twitter, a little personal news. I returned to Sports Hub Games Network, which is uh, the parent company responsible for League Safe, Fanball, Best Ball 10s, all that jazz. Uh, went kind of back to the, to the old hunting grounds, and, and we're back and we're working with them again. Uh, doesn't mean a lot for Shock Fantasy, uh, particular. I'm going to continue to do the content for Shock Fantasy as uh, you know, you guys subscribed and it's a labor of love and uh, I'll keep doing that for you. It does mean that I cannot play on Draftkings being a part of another fantasy sports company. So uh, I will have to abstain from playing on Draftkings for now. so uh, and maybe I'll try to encourage a few of you guys to, you know, go over to fanball and play a few games over there. That might help me look good. You know what I'm saying? Know what I'm saying. Anyway, um, but that's that's just uh, how the personal things have, uh, have gone down, and I'm happy to be back and happy to see a lot of friends that uh, worked there before, and uh, it's, it's a nice little reunion. So uh, with that, on to the show and the Todd Heap Memorial Injury Report, and I kind of expanded it a little bit this week to kind of talk about some players that might be coming back as well. Uh, Kyler Murray, he missed week nine. Uh, They're not sure if he's going to be available for week 10 versus Carolina either. Uh, More on that a little bit later in the show when we talk about Colt McCoy. Aaron Rodgers could be taken off the COVID list as early as Saturday, but we're not 100% sure that happens. Uh, He does have to be COVID free. Uh, So we'll see how that goes. They play Seattle this weekend in Green Bay. Uh, Speaking of Seattle, Russell Wilson will be removed from IR, and they're saying he's going to start against the Packers on Sunday. That's good for all Russell Wilson managers out there. Tua Tungavailoa has a broken middle finger that popped up late last week. It's on his throwing hand, uh, and it knocked him out of the game last week against Houston. Keep an eye on his status as... They play Thursday night against the Ravens, and it could be another Jacoby Brissett game. Uh, Trevor Lawrence missed a series with an ankle injury but came back. He should be good to go. Mike White injured his arm last Thursday. They're saying he's in line to start this week unless Zach Wilson is ready to go, and that's possible. He's getting close to returning, so keep an eye on Mike White. Uh, Chase Edmonds. Looks like he's going to miss a few weeks with a high ankle sprain. Not good for him, but good for another player that we'll talk about later in the show. Zach Moss suffered a concussion last week against the Jaguars. You know, we could talk Devin Singletary, but the man, the Bills just don't seem to run the ball effectively, so I'm I'm a little off of this offense on the on the running part of the The football, that's not very good. Damian Harrison, Ramondre Stevenson. Oh. Well, we're waiting. Ramondre Stevenson. They both sustained concussions last week against the Panthers. We'll talk more about them coming up. Nick Chubb and Dimitri Felton both placed on the COVID list Tuesday morning. Chubb is vaccinated so he needs two negative tests this week to return for Sunday's tilt against the Pats. His teammate Kareem Hunt could be in line to return this week. Keep an eye on his status. By the way, Saquon Barkley expected to be back in week 11 after the Giants bye. They are on bye this week. And Chris Carson may be back as soon as this week as well, so keep an eye on his status. DeAndre Hopkins missed week 9 with a hamstring injury. He's day-to-day that one's dicey marquise brown is having a bit of a back issue it's worth monitoring his status as we go on this week he was limited in the first practice of the week on monday and they do play on thursday so with a short week marquise brown could be in some jeopardy and you might need to find an alternative to marquise brown chase claypool is having an mri on his toe we'll learn more about that probably tomorrow Allen Robinson came off the field late on the Monday night game after a fantastic catch and run. He's dealing with a hamstring strain, so keep an eye on Robinson. Michael Gallup expected to be a full participant this week and play on Sunday against the Falcons. And Dawson Knox is expected to be back in practice this week after missing a few games with a broken hand. A couple of guys who aren't on your fantasy roster, but... Uh, You should take note of these guys. Panthers center Matt Paradis tore his ACL. Maybe it's Paradise. I'm not sure. And Panthers left tackle Cam Irving is headed to IR with a calf injury. That's really bad news for Sam Darnold, DJ Moore, and Christian McCaffrey. Bad news for all of those guys. Packers tackle David Bakhtiari will be activated from the pup list doesn't look like he's going to play this week but uh he's probably in line for week 11. Chiefs tackle Lucas Niang suffered a rib injury but it sounds like he might play next week. Now that offensive line's been in flux all year. The week 10 buys are the Bears, the Bengals, the Texans and the Giants. Uh actually one of the lighter fantasy weeks as far as, you know, important players on your roster. It's it most of your important guys are still there with these Offenses that, outside of the Bengals, haven't haven't had a, a lot of success so far this year. So we're going to start with who you're going to pick up at the quarterback. Yeah, let's start with Ben Roethlisberger. Oh, gosh. Oh, man. <laughs> man, you are one pathetic loser. Yeah. So Roethlisberger's 19% rostered, and really, the only reason he's being featured in this segment is that he plays the lions this week he's a 230 yard and a slim chance of two touchdown guy in most weeks but he's against the lions this week and i guess he has a chance for one last heroic day in heinz field where he throws for 300 yards and maybe three scores he's a bargain bin player at this point so it's only going to cost you a buck uh moving on you know the quarterbacks are not something i really super like this week the saints quarterbacks let's talk about them Trevor Simeon, who is not really owned, and Taysom Hill, 2% rostered. Worth talking about either because of the matchup against Tennessee this week. But these Titans did show up to the task against the Rams on Sunday night. Plus, who's the quarterback in Nolens? Are we sure that it's either one of these guys? Are we sure it's not both of these guys? If it's Simeon, Hill will probably be involved. If it's Hill, it's likely his job, but he's not a very good passer, So if I'm going to throw any fab money on either of these guys, it'll be on Hill, and I'm going to hope he gets a rushing touchdown every week and and tries to keep things alive because I think that offense just turns into a run-first offense, especially with Michael Thomas not coming back. Ryan Fitzpatrick is 60% rostered. Uh, That's his roster percentage on Sleeper, by the way. But in leagues where you don't have IR slots, and Sleeper is a lot of dynasty leagues and a lot of teams that have IR slots – uh, Fitzpatrick's almost certainly available. Taylor Heineke has not set the world on fire and we're seemingly close to what could be a return for Stu Beard. Too bad that he probably won't be available for this game against Tampa, which would have been an re- a revenge game. One of many for him, but he's still got some appointments with Carolina, Seattle, and Vegas left. Plus the entire month of December is against Dallas and Philly. It goes Dallas, Philly, Dallas, Philly. Really? So if you need help down the stretch, he'll only be a buck or two right now and you could throw him on your roster and he could be very startable in your fantasy playoffs. Colt McCoy, he is 1% rostered. Obviously, this is a fill-in, but McCoy looked good against the Niners. This is more of a warning that Kyler might not go again this week. If he does sit this week, it would probably behoove the Cardinals to sit him next week against Seattle because after that is their bye week. So it's not out of the realm of possibility that the Cards just let Colt roll out there for the next two weeks and prep Kyler for the stretch run and the playoffs. He's only a buck as a fill-in, maybe, because Kyler could be back this week. You never know. Moving on. Running back. D. Ernest Johnson. Right now, he's 63% rostered. That dipped a little bit from uh, the last couple of weeks. And this is really based on, hey, Nick Chubb and Demetric Felton on the COVID list, along with Johnny Stanton, who's evidently another running back on the Browns roster. They might not all play. They could play. They might not. Kareem Hunt is on IR. He could come back this week, but he might not. And if none of these guys do play, it would leave D. Ernest Johnson as the only running back in town and in line for huge bell cowl. Usage this week against New England. However, the Pats are pretty good against the run. No back has topped 100 yards on them all year. They've only allowed three scores to the position. Still, he's worth a five spot if you're stuck for a runner this weekend, or you're banking on Chubb to be one of your starters. You probably need to throw five bucks down, or the you know you know five percent, you know the equivalent of. How about that? Jordan Howard, by the way, he's 2% rostered. Miles Sanders looks like he'll be down for a few more weeks, and Howard has been the lead back in his absence. 17 carries, 71 yards and a score last week, and two touchdowns on 12 carries the week before. Denver and New Orleans are just not good spots for him over the next two weeks. Those are who is on the schedule for Jordan Howard. I'm not chasing the points here. Just a 2 to 3% bid in case you need a guy like Jordan Howard. He's probably not very startable in those games, though, to be honest. Devonta Freeman, uh, he's 18% rostered, has looked good enough as the quote-unquote lead back in Baltimore while Lat Murray has been down, but let's be real. Lamar Jackson is the number one back, and Murray might return as early as this week, so is it going to be Freeman, Murray, Le'Veon Bell, all three? This backfield has been diseased from the start this year. It started with J.K. Dobbins and then Gus Edwards. It continues to be that way. It's like the good version of the Texans. People chase these numbers. Don't bite. I'd stay away from all Baltimore running backs. I don't think that we're going to get a clear picture at all this year. J.J. Taylor of the New England Patriots. He is 1% rostered, and this is pretty speculative here, but uh, hear me out because... J.J. Taylor was inactive for the Patriots last week, like a healthy scratch inactive. And Ramondre Stevenson took his place on the roster. Stevenson and Harris both were concussed last week. And if either or both can't go, J.J. Taylor should be active and we'll see an uptick in work. He did score twice from short distance just a few weeks ago, so he certainly would be trusted in goal-to-go situations. Should only cost you a buck on Wednesday, and if word comes out down the road that either of those backs or both of those backs are going to miss time, J.J. Taylor will cost more a little bit uh, later in the week. Eno Benjamin. Yeah, that Eno Benjamin. He's 0% (laughs) rostered. Chase Edmonds played one snap last week before his ankle injury. So we saw what the cards do in an emergency mode when uh, all of a sudden Chase Edmonds is out. Uh, James Conner went into bell cow mode. I believe he had 77% of the snaps. Eno Benjamin did have 24% of the snaps, and he did run the ball nine times. Nine times. Nine times. For 39 yards and a score. He has a role of some sort at least for a few weeks, and James Conner hasn't been the pillar of health throughout his career. So throw a 3% bid on Eno and outwit all of your league mates when James Conner suddenly comes up lame in practice this week or next week or something along those lines. Adrian Peterson is the last guy I'll mention. He's up to 50% rostered. He led the team in carries with 10 against the Rams but only managed 21 yards. That's 2.1 Yards per carry. He did score a touchdown though, and he's been a valuable goal line guy in the past, so I guess there's worse guys to throw money on. As I alluded to on Fantasy Football Weekly, I don't think he'll be super startable. Maybe a flex play three to four times down the road, but it will be an uncomfortable C grade on those. You'll have to drop 10% on him to secure him if he's available in your league, so. If you're reading what I'm saying and the tea leaves of my tone right now, I don't really think it's worth it going to get Adrian Peterson, and I could be wrong, but I just don't see it. I don't—he's—he's not even half of Derrick Henry, and they can't treat him like that. So I'm a little nervous on the Adrian Peterson front. I'd let somebody else spend all their money on him, and use my money on guys like Eno Benjamin, who's got a lot left in the tank. All right, moving on. Wide receiver. Brandon Ayuk is 49% rostered, and I think he's back. It seems like he's back. Uh, his snap shares went from 71% to 88% to 93% over the last three weeks. Targets in those games went from one to seven to eight, and last week he broke through with six catches, 89 yards, and a score. Plus, Debo is dinged up a little bit. I would toss seven percent on Ayuk this week. And we're going to hope that Ayuk just starts performing and he's the guy that we all thought he would be at the beginning of the season. Elijah Moore is 14% rostered. And I will admit, I already gave up on Moore in a few dynasty leagues with shorter benches. And so it's no wonder that he overwhelmingly turned it on in the last few weeks. Throw me a freaking bone here. Because he's on the Jets and that's a bit under the radar, plain pun intended. He did make his mark on national TV, however, last Thursday with seven catches, 84 yards, and two scores against the Colts. I don't think people will be sleeping on him now. It's going to cost you 9% or more, more, (laughs) to get more on your roster this week. Olamide Zacchius. Scored twice for the Falcons last week as he and Russell Gage cobbled together a wide receiver core while Calvin Ridley is on hiatus. This week against the Cowboys, who gets who just let Tim Patrick and the Broncos run wild on their secondary last week? Uh, Zacchaeus is worth two to three percent if you need a filler. Darnell Mooney is forty-five percent rostered. He's on bye this week, but he looked really good against the Steelers on Monday night, and Justin Fields is slowly starting to turn that corner. After the bye, the Bears get Baltimore, Detroit, and Arizona. Not one of those defenses is particularly scary versus the wide receiver position. So you can throw a preemptive 4% on him this week and save on the uptick in price next week after the bye week. Donovan, Peoples, Jones, DPJ... He's the clear Odell replacement for Snapshare. It showed last week against the Bengals with a big splash play on his way to his two catches, 86 yards and a score. I hope we can find him some more targets, though, down the road, as he only saw three last week. I'd throw 4% on him, too. He started coming on at the tail end of last season. We like what we see out of Donovan Peoples-Jones if he gets a few more targets. Last wide receiver I'll mention is Hunter Renfro, who's 50% rostered. Now, the Raiders have some serious stank on them right now, uh, but players will emerge as fantasy gold in the silver and black as we continue down the path this year. Renfro, I believe, is that guy. Last week, nine targets. Oh, wait. Nine times. Nine times. See, it did it again. Seven catches, 49 yards, and a score against the Giants. They have to throw somewhere now that Ruggs is gone. I believe those vacated targets end up to Hunter Renfro more often than not. 5% bid recommendation on Hunter Renfro. Last position, tight end. There's only two of them that I got on the list this week. Pat Fryermuth is 10% rostered. Two scores on Monday Night Football will turn some heads, but he also scored the week before. And he's seen at least six targets in three straight games. Now, most tight ends don't get to the 7 or 8 target line in most games, so he's kind of a middle-of-the-pack guy. He's even with all of them. Plus, he's getting targeted in the end zone, so I'll throw 5% on Friermuth if you're desperate for help or some depth at the tight end position. And, man, it might be time to try to make a trade for him in Dynasty if you can because you got to think that the Steelers end up with an upgraded quarterback next year. Dan Arnold is 4% rostered. Now, this recommendation is not because of Brian Johnson, but Brian Johnson does love Dan Arnold, and Dan Arnold keeps getting targeted. He's seen 30 targets over his last four games in Jacksonville. That's a team where they're forced into passing the ball a lot more than they probably want to as game script dictates. This rookie quarterback has made a connection with Arnold since his early season trade targeted him a lot, obviously. So I think it'll only cost you a buck. I think big things are coming for Dan Arnold and some touchdowns will be converted later in the year. So uh, keep a good eye on Dan Arnold. Nice. Nice. All right. That's it for the waiver wire podcast this Tuesday, November 9th. I appreciate all of you guys listening reminder to rate and review the shock fantasy podcast five stars on your favorite podcast platform and listen to myself, Brian Johnson and Paul Charchian, who I believe will be in a closet again. Uh, he's still uh, suffering from covid and uh, make sure to shoot Charch well wishes on Twitter because, uh, yeah, I think he's I think he's been pretty down that uh, he's been quarantined and, and feeling under the weather. I think he's going to be OK. But he has been feeling under the weather. So, uh, shout out to Church. I, I hope he's better quickly, and I'm back in the studio with him in the very near future. All right, that's it. Thank you guys for listening. I will talk at you later this week when we talk Thursday night football, Ravens, and oh my gosh, the Dolphins. Oh, that's gonna be gross. Maybe or maybe it'll be really fun. We'll talk about that uh, tomorrow.